0: jamming out. So welcome to the Sober Heathen podcast. I am the Sober Heathen Scott. Um, Another good podcast today. Uh, A couple things right off the top. I want to wish my two little boys, they are 10 today, they're in double digits, um, very happy birthday to Gage and Easton. Um, I hope you boys have a great day and I love you with all my heart. Uh, also, as far as the uh, fundraiser goes, today is the last day. Tomorrow we are going to be delivering boxes and boxes of clothes and hygiene products and school supplies and all kinds of cool stuff up to Harbor Hall. I'm very excited to get this, these things up to these people that are fighting for their lives during the holiday season. Um, every little bit helps. So if you contributed um, by donating or if you contributed just by liking and sharing the post, thank you very much. Uh, you're making a difference. So today, very excited, um, my last interview went so well, uh, today we have uh, one of my family members, she's my cousin, uh, we've been talking on and off in my recovery journey, she's been very supportive, um, she has a story to tell, I'm very excited to hear the story, her name is Crystal, and uh, I'm going to just flip it right over to her and let her go crazy with this thing. Crystal, welcome, thank you.
1: Hi. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really proud of you for your journey. It's been it's been great to watch and I'm rooting for you all the way. So I just want to I'm happy you're doing this. You know, it's it's a good thing you're doing. So my name's Crystal. I'm 38 and I've been in recovery for 15 years. I was an active IV user. Uh, My drug drug of choice was meth. To kind of help you understand how I got Um, to kind of help you understand where I got, how I got, where I was at. So my parents, um, they met in the eighties and they were both pretty active in, uh, you know, their addiction and they, I'm a product of their madness. So neither of them really were ready to be parents. My biological father's from Michigan. My mom's from Arkansas. They kind of met in Texas and, that's where they had me and we moved to Michigan and my mom really tried. She did. She tried to, you know, be with him and tried to make it work. But because of the alcohol and the drugs, um, there was a lot of violence. Um, so, you know, my my mom took me back to, to Arkansas and I lived there for a long time. And when I was five, that part of my biological father's side. Um, they, uh, they came to Arkansas and, um, they got to know me for about a year and then they fought really hard in Michigan and they took me away. And so, you know, that kind of, that kind of threw my mom over a loop. You know, my mom was dealing with addiction and she, you know, lost her baby, you know, so my mom did her thing and I moved to Michigan, um, where I lived at my grandma's house. She was pretty awesome. She was really awesome, actually. And um, I got to see my biological dad once in a while, he'd pop in and every once in a while, I got to stay at his house. But you know, he he wasn't ready to be a dad either. And um, spent a lot of time in other bars. So addiction's kind of something that runs in my family. Um, you know, I think Sorry, I'm really, really nervous. <laughs> I'm really nervous. So um Doing great. Doing great. So you know, when they when they took me away from my mom, I still got to go visit her occasionally. And um mostly I stayed with grandparents on both sides, you know, with my parents. And when when I met my when I met my biological father um you know he was really different he long hair biker clothes all the time wearing black and being from the south you know men here clean shaven and well and right now beards are in but you know back back in the 90s and the early 90s and the late 80s you know it was a totally different world here than what it what it was there and so the adjust, adjustment just to him was really hard for me and you know i was yanked from my mom to people i really didn't know so i was only f- i was only five and you know i have four kids and i can imagine i can imagine that happened to my 14 year old so i think that at that moment was when i became damaged was at that moment that they they took me away from the only thing that i knew but when i when i lived in michigan my granny you know i said she was amazing and i i lived there with her but sometimes he would take me to his house and on a few occasions, um, he molested me and, you know, I told my mom and when I told my mom, cause I got one visit with her after that and I told her about it and that was the last visit. She uh, took me to the, to the health department here. And they confirmed, Oh yes, absolutely. This happened. And uh, I had a really bad infection. So my mom had no choice but to send me back, you know, the friend of the court or no friend at all. And so, you know, um, I had to go back. My grandma, you know, she... I think my grandma always knew that, yeah, that most certainly happened. But for the next few months, I had CPS workers in and out of of my grandma's house. They were taking me in and out of doctor's offices. And, you know, because of the big court, there was a huge court battle and everything over me. And um, so because of all of that, they said that my mom either brainwashed me to say that but but there was clear evidence so they said well it must have happened while you were with her and so that was the last time I seen my mom and so you know that you know your mom is supposed to be you know your protector and my mom wasn't perfect you know but you know she was my mom and this happened to me and she couldn't protect me And, you know, I was told growing up that she chose her drugs over me. And, you know, that definitely wasn't the case with, with her. But, you know, they, he, he never, he never sat a day in jail. He never lost parental rights. You know, I stayed with my grandma um, until my grandma passed away. Well, he got married. He married another woman who I I love her. She's amazing. She, she just, she said, she kept me safe. You know, she. She kept me safe because my grandma died when I was 12. And so I had no choice but to be, you know, be with him and be a family. And, you know, um, that was really hard that nobody believed me. And that was the hardest part that no one believed me. And I haven't really shared it because people haven't believed me, you know, especially from there. So when I was 15, um, I ran away. I, I had a boyfriend and that was when I realized what really happened to me. I realized that that, that was so wrong and it was, it, it, I went crazy. I went completely crazy. I tried to kill myself. I, um, I ran away and I got a great cousin, you know, Bill, Billy, I'm going to say her name because um, she helped me find my grandparents um, and my mom. After 14 years, she, uh, she helped me. And um, the next day, I literally was on a plane to Houston to see my grandparents. And, you know, my mom was pretty active in her addiction at that time. And I did stay here. I stayed here for three months and I got pregnant. And um, I went back home. I, I, was scared, you know. I was scared. I went back home to my friends, and you know, I didn't have any family because when I when I walked away, when I ran away, I was the problem. I was, you know, defiant. I was a bad kid, and so this is the reputation I have with our family: is that I'm I'm the problem, and um, you know, I'm okay with that. I am. So I, I played back and forth after my son was born. Um, back and forth, Arkansas, Michigan, you know, just trying to find where I fit in. I promised myself that I would never do drugs ever, never. I promised myself I would never be an alcoholic. I would give my son the best life that I could give him. And um, I found myself here and I was here for a while and I was trying to work it out with my son's dad, you know, cause everybody wants that perfect marriage, he was going in the military, and he really wasn't doing much with his life while he was waiting. So I had to work. Um, I was a CNA in Michigan, but my license didn't transfer here. So um, the making money to pay my bills now and take care of a kid was was pretty. There's really a whole lot of options. Um, I started dancing in a club, and you know, still wasn't using. Still, you know. Still, still holding good to my promise, drinking a little bit, but, you know, I still was not even 20, 20 years old. I was, I was really young. I was 19. And, um, you know, dancing is, there's a lot of women in there that have been through sexual, you know, trauma. And so I, I couldn't relate to those women, but it was like reliving my trauma every single time I got on the stage but the money was really good and I could give my son the things he needed. I wanted to be a nurse and, you know, I don't have anybody to help me pay for that. You know, I didn't have anybody to help me at all. And I, I had a friend and she was like, hey, I got this little pill and it will I promise you, you won't you will you'll feel great. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's a pill. You know, I'm going to be fine because it's a pill. And she told me, um, she explained the pill to me that they used to be used for people who have PTSD when they came back from Vietnam. And she gave me this whole history on this pill before she gave it to me. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's not drugs. Well, it was ecstasy. So most certainly it was drugs. But I'm going to tell you, when I took this, everything went quiet in my head. Everything I, I didn't feel. I didn't feel. And it was it was great. And so for a few months, that's, I was popping those things every time I worked. And, you know, I, my, my husband, my son's dad, um, he, his, his, his parents helped me with watch my son a lot when I worked. And so, you know, I kind of justified the whole getting high thing because it was okay because my son was with his grandparents and, you know, that's, that's what we do as addicts. We, we try to justify our behavior and, um, so one, one night I worked and I went to pick him up the next day and, and I had a big fight with my mom and found out a ba- bunch of bad stuff about her. And it was just, it felt like everything they told me about my mom was just all true. And it was so, it was such, it was so hard that she couldn't love me enough to be, be straight. And, you know, I, wasn't sleeping very well. You know, I was this, pretty much a single mom. My, my ex-husband was gone and basic and um, I had an accident. I had a car accident, my son, um, I hit a culvert and I flipped four times I was thrown 76 feet. I was stuck down my sunroof and he was in, um, he was in a car seat, but it wasn't the right size for him. You know, I was 20 years old. I had no idea. Um, I had him in the front seat, you know, I didn't, you know, I was, I was young, and you know, we make mistakes. But my my son was also blown; well, he was also thrown out of the car. Um, he had swelling in his brain. They um, sent him to our children's hospital. Um, I don't really remember being in the hospital at all for myself. Um, I was there overnight, and I was pretty broke. I was pretty broken. Um, really, they had me drugged up pretty good, but I just. They everyone kept telling me, I just kept saying I have to go to Jameson. I just have to go be with him. And um I spent I spent five days laying on this couch watching these numbers go up and down and watching the swelling and you know this the smell in the room, it's just it's a haunting smell and it's it's just you know, it's it's really hard. And um when he when it four days of him being in a coma they had him in a coma, you know, medically induced a coma, try to make the swelling go down. And um, they told us that he was completely brain dead. And that if we we had any plans to donate any of his organs, that, um, you know, we had to take him off life support. And I don't know how I made the decision. I don't I don't remember so much, so much I've blocked out. Um, but they they put him in my arms and they turned the machine off, and um, they told me they said if it could take days, hours. You know, we don't we don't know. He has a really strong heart, um, so we don't we don't really know. And um, it took seconds, and I knew the moment I felt that I felt his soul just leave his body and mine too, and I, I yelled, "Get him off of me!" Just get him off of me. And I remember they looked at me like, she's crazy, you know? So they, they, they got him off of me. And as I was walking out of the room, I heard them say, time of death. And um, that, was, that was hard. Um, I went home and I laid in bed, watched his favorite movie over and over and over for days. And after like the third day, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to take my life. God, God had other plans because I went outside and, um, there was the entire police department surrounding this house and, um, they said they got a call that I was going to kill myself, but I didn't tell anybody. And, um, they were also there, you know, because they were, uh, they were arresting me. They were arresting me for negligent homicide. And, um, when I had the accident. They wanted to do a BAC test, you know, a blood and alcohol test. And I wasn't able to sign for that. And it, it states on the paper that I was unable to sign. I was just thrown out of the car. They had me on so much drugs. I mean, you know, who I couldn't sign it. So because of the, the refusal, I've got a DUI. So without any facts, you know, as soon as my son died, the prosecutor Picked that, snatched that right up, and you know, with my with my my, with my mom being in addiction in a small town, and my dad, my my stepdad, but he's my dad, and he was, um, you know, he was on federal probation, and uh, you know, I kind of felt like I was, you know, really definitely targeted because I wasn't drinking. I, of course, I did ecstasy. You know, I I, I was using ecstasy, and you know, had they maybe drawn my blood, maybe they would have seen that you know, but it had been, you know, several days. So, you know, I, I don't know, but because of that refusal, I got the DUI and um, I spent five days in jail. I had never been in trouble. I never even had a ticket and, you know, I was scared and I was, I didn't understand that that was literally my higher power protecting me. And I didn't know because I didn't believe in God. Did not believe in God, did not. How could there be a God with all these bad things that happened? How could there? And that's the way I lived my life. And um, I spent five days a night. They let me bond out. I got bonded out. And um, I immediately went to the first drug house that I knew. I went there and I just needed, I don't know what I needed. I I needed to be numb. And my friend, um, she was an IV user. She was, um, you know, making meth and, um, I, I threw her a hundred dollars and she gave me a hundred dollars worth of crystal meth. And, you know, I told her I wanted to do it like she doesn't. And she's like, well, how much? And I'm like, all of it because I wanted to die. That's it. I was like, this is going to be it. This is going to kill me. This is going to make my heart explode. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, $100 was a lot of money, or a lot of meth for, you know, and so uh, she um, pulled it up, she put it in my arm. And I didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't, I everything went completely numb. I was completely numb. And for the next three years, it stayed that way. And you know, I, I just got out there, I got I absconded you know, because clearly I was strung out. I wasn't going back to court. You were not, I already blamed myself enough for this, you know, accidents, they happen. And, um, I don't know what happened. I don't know why I had the accident. I have flashbacks sometimes. Um, but I, I don't know what happened. Um, I just don't know. I worked a lot. Maybe I fell asleep. I don't know. Um, but you know, for three years, that was my life. And I missed court. They put warrants out for me. They were going to, they went to my little sister in Michigan's graduation, because they were looking for me. Like they wanted me so bad. And um, I went to Reno, and under a fake name, like the things that you do on drugs, it's just insane. And um, they came and got me. And they brought me back and they brought me back in love, you know, like we're going to get you here and we're going to get this taken care of. You're going to you're going to make it. And that's what Officer Gurley, he told me this all the way on the drive back from Reno. You know, you're going to this is going to be good. You're this is going to be good for you. I sat there for almost 11 months waiting to go to court. And every time I go to court, they'd be like, no bond, no bond. And um, I met a lot of people in there and um, I got clean. I had no choice but to get clean. And, um, you know, I, I went to court and they offered me a plea bargain. And if, if I would have known what I know now, that I would never have taken it because they didn't really, they didn't have a case. And um, I, but I so young and I didn't have, I had a public defender and, you know, a reputation now. And so they offered me 10 years probation and a $10,000 fine. And I pled no contest because there was no way I was going to, you know, "Ah, ah, get down, you get down, you go to bed right now, go to bed. Sorry, my dogs, they're my other kids. And so, um, I, I pled no contest and, um, I'm a felon. I'm a felon for, um, for manslaughter. And, um, that's hard. That's my dreams of being a nurse are done for now. Um, but when I got out of jail, I did really good. I was working two jobs, normal jobs and, um, going to probation not using, not drinking I actually was dating a cop and, you know, just doing good. And then he dumped me. And, um, that was the first time I ever got dumped and it, I was already so vulnerable and um, I met up with one of my old friends and started using again and I moved away again and I I, I didn't let myself get out there to the point of running away to Reno um, because I went to probation. I'd never want to go back to jail again. That was awful. You know, that's terrible. And um, I, I did good. I still was getting high, but I was still going to probation, making sure I was passing those tests and... Then I met my husband and I had met my husband a few years before that. Um, I met, I met him at the dope house. Um, he was with somebody and I was really unstable. And so when, sir. Sure. So when, um, when I met him again, he was single and I was a little more stable. I was a little more stable and um, I don't know. He gave me this hug and I will never forget this hug that he gave me. It was incredible. And, He's six three and you know he's kind of a skinny guy, but you know, just this this hug, it just it filled me. And I was I was obsessed with him. I was just infatuated with him. Like he loved me for or what? I was a complete mess. And he just he did something to me. And in three months of us dating, he was leaving for the military too. I guess I have a type, right? Um, so he's leaving for the military and he had to go and get his um, GED through this program and all that. So he was gone for 21 days and I drove around the base um, a lot trying to see him. And I decided when he was gone that I wanted to get better. I wanted to have a baby and I wanted to have his baby. And that's crazy because after what i had been through, I thought I would never, never I, um, I had to, I had to have an abortion, you know, a a medically, you know, a medical reason, but I wanted the abortion in between, you know, my husband and Jameson, because I didn't want any kids. I did not, I could not go through that again because bad stuff happens to me, you know, bad stuff happens. And, um, Joey changed that for me. I, I knew the only way I would truly get better is if I had to, and I, I talked him into it. He was gone for 21 days and he came home and I was like, Hey, I want to have your baby. And he's like, Hey, okay. And you know, we were only together for three months. Um, so, I wasn't, I was clean maybe two weeks, you know, maybe two weeks and two weeks almost to the day we took a test and it was positive. And you know, that was, that was it. That was, there that was the day I, you know, not the day I took the test, but the day I decided that I wanted, I wanted that, I wanted that, I needed that. And, you know, um, my husband and I have four kids now and we've been together for almost 16 years. So that's pretty awesome. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's been, it's been crazy. I need you two to go to bed right now go to bed now I thought it would be easy because the kids aren't here <laughs> no. but you know I uh I found something better I found a, a high that like I've never like I, nobody's ever loved me I felt like I felt like nobody has ever stayed in my life forever not even my own child and that's hard like you are you've, you've been the problem I have always been the problem and, um, my husband, I am not a problem to him, you know, like he, he gave me that, you know, he was sent to me and, you know, I didn't have God to help me with my recovery. I didn't have, um, rehab to help me. I had me, you know? And so when you, when people say that, well, you know, some, you're, you're divided that some people say that addiction is a choice. And then some people say, you know, it's not a choice. And it was my choice to pick those drugs up. It was my choice to put that pill in my mouth. But once I turned activated those, those substances in my brain, it's no longer a choice. But when my husband hugged me, he activated something in me that, you know, I, I, I I pray that that will happen for other people. And, you know, I, I didn't believe in God for a long time still. Um, I, would, I practiced Wicca for as long as I could remember. And then when Jameson died, I was scared because I had these people tell me, oh, you're going to see him again in heaven. And, you know, um, I was like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? So what, if, what if my tarot cards are wrong? What if this is wrong? And I started searching and I... I wanted to be with my baby again and I was i was so afraid to even pick up my tarot cards or to read this bible or read this book or read anything because I was afraid I'd be wrong and that that's why I lost Jameson was maybe it was because of my tarot cards maybe god was like hey you know I'm going to take him because you're wrong and it was so confused spiritually and I just gave up on it all I put my tarot cards away and never touched them again I um, didn't want to be wrong and lose Zayden. That's my oldest son. And then I had, we had our next one like 18 months later. And then our, we had our twins 14 months later. And I was sitting in the neonatal with my twins and I swear, I hear this voice and it says, Jackie. And I'm like, I got up and I shut the door and I was already a mess because I was trying to pump for my twins and I wasn't getting anything. You know, they were in the hospital and two boys at home. My husband was laid off and it felt like the world was crumbling. And I just hear this Jackie and I'm like, oh, you know, I only know two Jackies, my stepdad, um, his brother and, um, my, my ex-father-in-law, and I knew it probably wasn't him. So I, I ran to my, I ran to my mom and dad's house and I was like, this happened to me, this, this happened. So my daddy gets on the phone and he calls my uncle and, um, my uncle prays with me and I don't know what he prays Pentecostal. And so, you know, he really prays and, um, something happened to me then. And it was like after that, I really got involved in the church and I spent 10 years very hard dedicated into the church and I'm church hurt right now, um, you know, and I kind of I don't want to stay in their little box. I kind of like to go outside the box. And so, you know, it's kind of it's a, I'm, I'm spiritually in a mess right now. But, um, you know, I I do have God, most certainly. And I wouldn't be able to function daily if I didn't. And um but I didn't get, I didn't get, you know, jailhouse religion or recovery religion. Um, you know, I, I really did find that on my own. My, my sister in Christ, she said, make sure you talk about how God <laughs> talk about how God. So that's my talk about how God, for, you know, so, but that's, that's my story and um, it's, it's been a story. All right. So that's, that's why, that's why I'm an addict that, you know, I I say that I'm, I am an addict because I still have addictive things. I find other obsessions, you know, I, I find other things to try to, you know, distract, you know, distract my mind, be numb for the moment, you know, and it's something I probably will always deal with. You know, one thing I, one thing I wanted to say is like my, my kids, I, I'm a stay at home mom. So I spend all my time with them. They're my only friends really. And um, so with my oldest son, he had a pacifier. And when he was like two, we're like, you got to get rid of it. You know, and you have a baby brother and he sucked his thumb. Cause there was no way I was giving him a pacifier because this other kid, I couldn't get rid of it. And so I watched him struggle with this obsession, with this addiction to this pacifier. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, this is a real thing. Like had an infant. And he was one, two years old and he was addicted to this thing. So um, when we took it away, do you know he started sucking his thumb? He traded this addiction as a baby, as a toddler. He was he's gonna kill me for this, you know, 13 years old, and I'm still seeing his his thumb in his mouth, you know, at 13. He's not 13 anymore. But you know, I I, I still would see him. So he still he still has this addiction but my, his younger brother, when he came to me and he said, I don't, I don't want to suck my finger anymore. And I was like, okay, great. You know, what, what, what tool can I give you to help you? So we painted this nasty stuff on his finger and every day he'd be like, how many days has it been? And I'm like, it's been three days. And you know, he's like, okay, great. And after like a week, he didn't need me to paint that on his finger anymore. That was just a reminder because it was so natural. And so, um, he, he broke this addiction he had very easily. And, you know, it's, it was, it was neat for me to, to watch that addiction does, it, it it does run in families. Probably it probably is something that's hereditary. You know, I met my husband in the drug house, but I never seen him strung out. I'd only seen him do meth a couple times, you know, I, he's not, You know, he 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 was drinking for a while and actually started to started to have a little problem a few years ago. And um, the first big issue, you know, immediately we nipped it in the butt and he he hasn't had a drink. And, you know, it was so easy for him. And so I think that our our middle son, he he's probably more like his dad to where, you know, addiction's thick in my family and it's been swept under the rug you know, it's not talked about just because uncle so-and-so has a beer in his hand at 1030 in the morning. That's normal. He always does. You never see him drunk. You know, these functional alcoholics, they, they, you know, if I'm sure if I'm sure, I don't even know because, you know, I ran away from home. I don't, I don't know a lot of my family history, but I definitely remember a lot of my uncles with beers in their hands in the morning and, you know, and my, it's crazy. It's definitely crazy, but but I'm good. I'm oversharing. I know Christy I'm oversharing.
0: Not, not at all. (laughs) I, not at all. And I take it for what it's worth, but I'm very fucking proud of you. That was,
1: that
0: was awesome. Um, very vulnerable. (laughs) And I think when you, you know, I, I don't know, I can't tell you how you're going to feel, but I think that you're going to feel pretty good about yourself when you re-listen to this, um, Tonight or, or down the road, you're going to be able to listen to this and and more things are going to come to your mind. And I think, um, you know, hopefully this is a start where you can continue to share and continue to help people because, you know, your story is unique because it's your own. But there's so many similarities. I have a list of things that you hit on that are, you know, that I have felt that I've been through. And I know that there's other women out there that have gone through what you've gone through and uh, they will benefit from hearing your story. So very proud I, of you for doing I that. Really-
1: hope so um, you know, by our testimony you know that's what they say
0: yeah yeah and and you know you uh the, one of the last things you said there you know it's something that's not talked about you know are putting it you're pushing it under the rug um i think the the key the the biggest way to get through this is talking about it and and getting mm-hmm. it out there you know somebody called me a functioning alcoholic years ago and that was the motivation i needed to continue to use more to right. drink more because i was like oh yeah shit i'm i'm functioning i didn't get what he meant right. i, I right. missed the way but i was like yeah i'm functioning man i'm making lots of money i you know i got a wife a house of kids and all this stuff i'm fine drinking drinking at 10 30 in the morning that's fine <laughs> right, yep. right. Yep. So yeah Yeah. I, so i get it um yeah and you uh you talked about uh, a product of madness um that's, I like that terminology, uh, hereditary. I, I I believe it's absolutely hereditary. Um, I think it can skip generations, but I myself, I'm at least a fourth generation alcoholic. So it's good that you're noticing these things, that awareness, um, you know, uh, I too, you know, I have a history of, uh, molestation. I don't remember it. Um, but I know the counseling that I had at a young age. I know the thoughts that I was having at a young age, you know, boys in kindergarten shouldn't be thinking about having sex with girls in kindergarten. You know yeah. what I mean? So that, I mean, that's, again, to have the courage to be able to talk about it um, early on, the sooner, the better it's, it's only going to benefit. Um,
1: it's, that's, that's one of the hard things for me because, you know, I, I, I still see my, my abuse are being praised and, you know, I see him posing with other little girls because, you know, he looks like a celebrity and, you know, it just, it makes me sick. It makes me, uh, you know, I just, it's, it's a hard, it's very hard. It's, it's very hard. You know, I have a lot to do with my sister and, you know, she's still part of his life. And, you know, it's, that's, that's a hard one. That's, that's a hard one for me. Yeah. That's, that's one that I don't, I don't get over very well. And, you know, it's been hard for my husband, our relationship, you know, when it comes to being intimate, it's a, it's a, it's a hard it's very, very hard, sure. and you know we work through it, yeah you know get over here and lay down right now
0: <laughs> i gotta I gotta say too mom skills in full effect uh, in the you know, podcast that's my,
1: that, that's my that's my dog
0: you 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 were able to turn and take care of business with the dogs and then come right back in and didn't lose focus mom skills right. mom skills on showcase okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um Yeah. I mean, thank you so much. This is, this has been awesome. I, I got to hear your story. Um, I'm very proud of you. Uh, clearly you've been through so much and now you're, you're doing great with the kids. You know, you can see it mm-hmm. on social media, your posts, how, how proud of a mama you are. And you obviously have a good relationship with your husband. I'm so happy that you found him yes, and uh, a- anytime, you know, and down the road, if you think of more things that you want to share, Um, I got plans for this thing. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but um, I I, I would like to do um, someday down the road, I'd like to do some sort of like live, like Q and a. So if you're interested in that, maybe in the future. absolutely,
1: That'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be absolutely fun. All
0: right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Crystal.
1: Yeah. Thank Um, you.
0: This was great. And um, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Keep killing it. Okay.
0: All right. You too. Bye-bye.